wanting to step into an entrepreneurial adventure and not quite sure where to start. This channel interviews the movers and shakers in their niche. Watch the shows on this channel to learn more about business ideas or connect with the businesses that offer the solution to your problem. PSI TV helps businesses increase their visibility to a new audience, giving them a bigger presence by making TV available and affordable. Beyond ads, biz brands can now have a channel presence with their content. We are the Netflix of biz brands. If you have a passionate message, the solution to a problem, a new book or product launch, and want to impact a new and expansive audience, have your audience say, I saw you on TV. PSI TV is proud to bring you another star, this time in the communication niche. Larry Jorgensen is the author of The Coca-Cola Trail. From his Louisiana home office, he provides freelance media services for his clients. He is a, he's a publisher and editor. He has extensive experience in print and TV media, both on and off air and he writes location-relevant stories with a historic flair. Larry, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here and to share some of uh, my experiences with you and, and with your viewers. Thank you, Larry. So, you know, when it comes to creating a worldwide recognized brand such as Coca-Cola, You've written the book, The Coca-Cola Trail, so I hope this means you have the inside scoop to help listeners uh, get some tips for knowing how to get their products better well-known. What was the Coca-Cola secret to worldwide embrace? Well, I think the secret, actually, they didn't even know it was the secret, but it was the fact that so many people became involved in bottling Coca-Cola. I mean, how would you like to have a product where other people are paying you money to get the territory to sell and develop and promote your product? And that was the key to the growth of Coca. I call it the Coca-Cola empire because it was all these people who said, I think there's potential in this product and I want to in, invest my time, a little money, and my, my marketing skill into promoting that product, knowing that if they did that, they would promote their own business. So I guess it's that tie-in to a brand, to a name that you feel will, will be a benefit to you uh, to spend your time. You know, get something that looks like it's going to go, and boy, we know Coca-Cola sure went. Wow, but I guess they would have had to have had permissions to do that. They couldn't have just, I couldn't just run a Coca-Cola. No, no what, what happened is there were two gentlemen from Chattanooga, Tennessee that were able to get the exclusive license from Coca-Cola to bottle Coca-Cola all over the United States. Coca-Cola wasn't bottling Coca-Cola. They were, they were making the syrup. Well, these two gentlemen got the rights for the whole United States to bottle Coca-Cola. Well, they're like, how are we going to do this? You know, they had $1,500. You talk about starting a business small. And then it dawned on them. 
And this is where the secret comes in, but it wasn't Coca-Cola's secret. They thought we have the rights to bottle. Why don't we sell pieces of our rights? So they did. If you wanted to bottle Coca-Cola in your hometown, they would sell you a 50 mile radius. I think we call that franchising. And you would buy the rights to bottle Coca-Cola in your 50 mile radius. And then you would spend time and money. And the, the neat thing of the, the Coca-Cola, which was just making the syrup at that time, didn't think bottling was a good idea. You know, they sold the rights to these two gentlemen from Chattanooga to bottle Coca-Cola for $1, the exclusive US rights. Wow. And, and that's how it took off. They sold portions of their rights until they had over 1,500 companies, little investors, little, this is early 1900s, you know, that said, we think this is a good investment. We're going to make and sell Coca-Cola. That's how it took off. And it, all these people are selling your product. That's a, that's a tremendous way to start a business. Hmm. For the small entrepreneur, the closest thing might be like an affiliate relationship or some kind of JV partnership or something. So just to clarify to the audience, you do not work for Coca-Cola, right, Larry? No, ma'am, I do not. You're just uh, a historian who's writing a story. That's right. In fact, I started out, actually, I was going to write a little travel story for a travel magazine. And I started looking into, there's two different Coca-Cola museums, so to speak, uh, private type, in, within the same region. And I thought that would make a very good travel story. Well, the story got me and it ended up being actually two books. I've written the Coca-Cola Trail and then it went over so well that we wrote a second book called Return to the Coca-Cola Trail. More stories. Okay, but today we're talking about the Coca-Cola Trail or both? Right, book number one. Book number one. All right. You so, Coca-Cola was first bottled in 1896 in Vicksburg, Mississippi, not in Atlanta, Georgia. It was bottled there and then little by little, of course, it took off. Wow. So the Coca-Cola trail, Larry, who would benefit the most from this book? And what can readers look forward to when they get the book? Well, I think the thing they can look forward to from a marketing standpoint is the book will tell you places where you can go to see Coca-Cola history, but not just to see it, we tell you why it's there. Maybe it's an old plant that now has become a shopping mall, or maybe it's a, a restaurant, a pizza house or something, you know. Um, but what we tell you, each of those places the, the people that started that Coca-Cola business each had their own unique way of developing their market. Some of them were bottling like others uh, flavored sodas. So they would send out a case of maybe orange and lemon and sarsaparilla and they'd put a couple of Coca-Colas in there to get people to try it. You know, Coca-Cola was so different. Each person had to figure out how to get his potential customer to try it. 
There was one bottler that took his first case of Coca-Cola to his local neighborhood store, place where he did business. And he said, I'll leave it here. You sell it. I'll be back in a week to pick up the money. He came back in a week and the case of Coca-Cola was used as a doorstop. So he said, I got to get people to try it. So he started going to the local high school football games and he would take with him little bags of peanuts. He would buy a big bag of peanuts and he would make little bags and he would go to the football games and sell the little bags of peanuts because once people had peanuts, they got thirsty. So that was his way. Everybody thought of different ways to get people to try Coca-Cola. It was not a common flavor. It wasn't, you know, they thought of, oh, soft drinks will have an orange or something, you know. So you had to get them to try it. And the, the book, The Trail, will tell you all the different ways that people introduce their product to the consumer. Well, I am definitely hearing the business application in that, uh, you know, I can appreciate it's probably a great story, a great piece of history, uh, a great novelty item, but I'm definitely hearing a business application coming out of that book right there, Larry. So that sounds totally awesome. So guys, you know, when you're trying to figure out how do I get my new widget, my new book, my new whatever new to the market, and to get people to try it, hey, get inspired by reading about the Coca-Cola Trail. All right, so Larry, you have been in the storytelling business for a long time. You've been a journalist, a publisher. Um, many of your writings are travel related. You kind of alluded to that earlier, but with a historic flair. How did you get started on that journey? I guess because basically I am what they call an old news dog. I'm a, I'm a reporter, a writer, um, and you just find a fascination in what has happened, whether it's recently happened, or I guess as we get older, what has happened a long time ago. And, you know, I would tell anybody, if you're going to write, write about something that you're interested in so that you will enjoy the experience. You know, that's, that's part of the fun is not only is it something that you're interested in, but you're learning more as you research your interest, you're learning more about it. So if you're going to write, make sure it's something that you're interested in, and hopefully it's something that other people will be interested in too. You know, Coca-Cola, I didn't set out to do Coca-Cola because I thought there were a lot of people interested. I thought it was an interesting story, and it was interesting to me. I didn't realize, and this is the value in relationships, did not realize the value, the magic of the word Coca-Cola. I mean, I've the word Coca-Cola has magic. It certainly does. You know, if I said I was uh, had written a book about uh, Joe's soda pop, well, who's Joe? You say Coca-Cola. For example, there are people that, and this is the value in marketing, is to find something that people have a, a desire, they have a good memory about, you know, and and tie into that, be related to that. Uh, there are literally thousands and thousands of people that collect something that says Coca-Cola on it. 
They're memorabilia collectors. Well, when my book first came out, the Coca-Cola collectors were crazy about it. They lined up, they were buying it for their clubs and their friends. And, and I, I thought, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize there was such a following. But what it taught me as a marketer is to relationships. Coca-Cola developed relationships in their own town. How many times, you know, is there a stadium? Is there a, an event? Is there a building or whatever? It's Coca-Cola because Coca-Cola also built relationships that they could then say, this is a friendship we have and the memory will continue. That's, it's so important to build those relationships with a good solid partner. My husband has one of the uh, the more archaic, historic Coca-Cola bottles up in the attic that, uh, you know, I was ready to toss it. He's like, don't touch that. <laughs> so he put it out of my view because I, I get rid of everything. And he's like, oh, no, you don't. And he... <laughs> Well, there's just, it would be a long story to tell now, but there is a story in my first book about how the Coca-Cola bottle, that bottle that you talk about, was in fact created. And ultimately, the one of the very first Coca-Cola bottles, you'd call it the prototype, that was approved by Coca-Cola, sold about two years ago at an auction for $150,000. Oh my gosh, are you serious, Larry? Wow, cool. Very cool. Wow. So, Larry, we have but the bottle, you know, in marketing, whatever your product is, the make something that is uniquely yours. Yeah. And that's what happened to you know, when Coca-Cola started to catch on. There wasn't there was no standard bottle. There People were putting it in anything and there were knockoffs. So if you got a good product, watch knockoffs. There was Coca-Cola spelled with a K. There was Cola this, there was Cola Delight. I mean, all of a sudden there's all these colas. Marketing, how can my product stand out? Coca-Cola said, we're going to make a bottle that when you pick it up, you know it's Coca-Cola. We'll patent that bottle, we'll register it, and that is what they did to create identity, solid identity for their product. You can do that with any product, whether it's a book, whether, you know, it's clothing. Look at the brands of clothing and things that tie in so you can only get that one. It's very important. Yes, branding is another important message coming out of this story for sure. So we've really been speaking to the entrepreneurial audience that tends to watch this channel. We have a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneur hopefuls. Um, just as almost a side note, Larry, is travel writing a viable income opportunity? Well, I, I guess it is. Um, first of all, if you, if, if you enjoy travel, there are people, for example, especially like in the RV uh, people. And, and I have many of them that have bought my book. Um, they travel and they write about what they travel about. So they're, they're sort of supporting their habits, so to speak. But again, it's, again, relationships. You know, if you, if you write about travel, you don't necessarily have to sell that writing to a travel 
magazine or a, or a travel show, there are people, for example, um, maybe a real estate person who, in fact, I know one real estate uh, person who does a show to promote his business, but part of his show revolves around travel because people who are traveling may need to move someplace and buy a house. So he always ties in a little something about travel. And those are the type of people you can write for because they're looking for something that isn't common and they can bring to their show. Um, again, when we started out, we talked about relationships. What are you gonna write about? Who is interested in this besides the normal person you think of, you know, well, if there's a bookstore or there's a this or that, well, who else? Who else would read my book? Who else would read my, be interested in my story when I traveled to wherever? That's relationship, build those relationships. And those will bring you dividends. Good word, good word, good word. So as a storyteller, uh, Larry, would you encourage the listener who has a story to tell, but hasn't gotten around to publishing it yet, what would you, what would you encourage that person? <laughs> to do it. Make sure that, make sure you believe in it because it's not easy. You know, oh, I know such and such down the road. I ought to do it. How many times do you hear, I ought to write a book about that. Or I, well, do it. Just deadline yourself, say, I'm going to do it. It's going to be done by, don't put it off and make sure that it's something you enjoy because then you've got the enthusiasm to follow through on your deadline. Deadline yourself and, and make, it a, make it a project that you're going to enjoy working toward that deadline. Absolutely, do it. Don't talk about it. If you want to talk about it, if you want to make sure your idea is valid, yes, Take your idea to somebody or some buddies that you know and trust their opinion. Not your, no, don't take it to your spouse because your spouse is going to say, oh, that's a wonderful idea. You know, take it to somebody whose critique you value. And if you get good feedback, take that as your incentive to go. Go finish the project. I know there's people that will enjoy it. Yeah, one of my books, I said I wanted to have it done by my birthday or I wanted to have it to be done by the time my son was born. So if you put, you're right, if you put those deadlines, it, you know, that matter to you, it makes, it does make it different. So, wow, wow. This has been interesting, Larry. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Well, I think I'd just like to share that, you know, I, I didn't start out to write a book. It was the enthusiasm that took me to that book. It's, it's the same in any business. I've been in other businesses and it was the enthusiasm that took me to the business. It was something that I was involved in that I truly appreciated and I wanted to take that and make a, a career, a living out of it. Um, you know, my, my writing, my professional writing, newspaper, TV, radio, it started way back when I was in high school and I was fortunate enough to go to work in my high school years for the little weekly newspaper. 
I fell in love with the idea, the whole thing, the magic of news. And, and that's, that's what I would recommend. Love what you're doing and take that to the next step. You have part two coming out of this book, I hear. I, do I have a new book? Is that what you were asking? I hear that there's going to be a part two to this book. To the well, yeah, actually, I have just recently finished what we call Return to the Coca-Cola Trail. Now, how did that happen? Is it another little marketing thing? So many people, when they read the first book, would email me, call me, see me, whatever. They'd say, well, you forgot about. You didn't tell the story about this Coca-Cola plant. You know, so I started a little box I called the Forgetabouts. Oh. Uh, soon I had enough for another book. Oh, wow. So I, I wrote the second book called Return to the Coca-Cola Trail. And when and will that one be out, Larry? It's out. It oh, it's out. out. Yeah, if you go to my website, both books are there. And uh, now I'm working on something that's not Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 well. Absolutely. This has been an, a very interesting conversation. We're talking with an author, Larry, Larry Jorgensen. And guess what? He's also giving us some business lessons, some branding and marketing lessons, even though that may not appear to be the topic of the book. If you read it with your business eyes, you will see it. So thank you so much, Larry. So guys, I want to encourage you to pick up the Coca-Cola Trail and the return to the Coca-Cola Trail. And you can get both on Larry's website, which is the coca-cola-trail.com. Nope, it's not on Amazon. You got to go direct to Larry's website, the coca-cola-trail.com. And it sounds like it's going to be a heck of an interesting read. And I think I'm going to get myself a copy while I'm there. Thank you so much, Larry, for being my guest today. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. And I uh, hope your viewers get a chance to explore the Coca-Cola Trail. Uh, yeah, because it's an actual trail, isn't it? There, there's a journey involved, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Larry, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. Bye, guys.